Uh, but the Bible says here in 2 Thessalonians 2, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. The title of the message today is Our Gathering Together Unto Him. Amen. Our Gathering Together Unto Him. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your mind. We ask for your ability. Lord, we ask that we would be very good with time. Lord, that we would not be, uh, Lord, uh, trite with words, Lord, or, or laissez-faire, Lord, but to treat the Word of God with the, uh, Lord, humility that it deserves as your mind and, uh, Lord, as your gift to this world. And so, Lord, today we ask that you would save sinners, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would stir, Lord, your people. And, Lord, that we would, as the local church, we would corporately draw closer to thee in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, what a joy it is to unite the first uh, service of the year where both the 930 service and the 11 o'clock service are here together again. I don't know uh, where you stood necessarily. Maybe you were a, a little bit more nervous about the pandemic. Maybe you were a little bit more uh, let's say, uh, uh, more carefree about the pandemic. And I'm not necessarily weighing in on that uh, necessarily here today, but isn't it great to be together? I mean, isn't it great that we're together again? Isn't it great when the Bible talks about that the whole church, as it assembles, that we're all together? And there's just something about it. There's something about uh, today, actually, and I've been a little bit reflective about it because, man, I love this place. I, I love this church. This is my home. Uh, this is where I, I cut my teeth. Uh, this is where uh, people took a chance on me and then regretted it. And then they took another chance on me and <laughs> regretted it again. And perhaps even at this moment, they're regretting it. But whatever the case may be, uh, man, I, I mean, I love this place. And, uh, and if you're on the pastoral staff, you're typically uh, in the first service and the second service or some incarnation of that. You know, there could be you're just there for the music ministry or just for the invitation or whatever. These last two years have looked like this. But really consider this for a moment. On Sunday morning... It's been about two years since we've been together. I mean, isn't that something? I mean, I've just been really amazed by that. And I've been honored that I get to preach today. And uh, it's really something to me. And I haven't taken that lightly. I've really considered it, actually. There is something about people gathering together. I don't know if you know, you're a sports fan or if you're a Cleveland fan, but I don't know if you were thrilled when the Cavs won in 2016. Were you? I was. I was really thrilled. I really never thought I'd see that in my lifetime, that Cleveland would win anything. And, uh, and yet, there we were in 2016. And uh, some of my Pittsburgh friends are laughing as they speak. But I went downtown for that parade. And they say 1.3 million people showed up for this thing. In Cuyahoga County, I looked this up. So you can blame the internet. This stat is wrong. But in Cuyahoga County, there is 1.59 million people in 2016. 1.59. That's almost the same. But there was something about walking across the bridge that connects, you know, the old Guardian Bridge, now that we're talking about, from the Tremont area uh, to uh, downtown proper. And man, I remember thinking, I wonder if this is what the nation of Israel looked like when they uh, descended from Egypt. I mean, it was teeming with people. There were so many people. You know, there's something about when people gather together. There's just something about a whole group of people that are joining in for a common goal. Maybe you're into family reunions. I remember when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have a lot of them. But I remember one in particular. It just felt like the best day. Family that you haven't seen in a long time. 
family overseas even, family from all across this wonderful country of ours. And I remember my uncle actually held this uh, family reunion, and it was a really special day. And it was people that you never really got to see. It was people you never really got to talk to. And this is before uh, the days of modern communications, so it felt extra special. It felt those moments where you didn't get the chance to talk to them, and you finally got to look at them face to face. There was something just special about it. And yet it seems like family reunions are kind of dying, doesn't it? It seems like they've been replaced by likes on a photo. And, and now, not that that's wrong, but there's just something about being together. There's just something about gathering together. Now, typically, we'll gather for weddings and funerals. And yet, even at weddings and funerals, it becomes even that much harder to balance a whole community of families' calendars. Well, what are you doing uh, this month in July or this week in July? What are you doing uh, this month in, you know, of the year? And what are you doing this week? Of the year? Can you make it this time? Can you make it that? Ah, it's not going to work for us. Ah, we're so sorry. And even that can become a challenge. It is seemingly harder to get together, isn't it? And yet one glorious day, we will be gathered unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. The Bible says in verse 2, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter asked from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. What's interesting about the Thessalonians is that First and Thessalonians are written because they had some questions about the rapture and they had some questions about the tribulation. The Thessalonians weren't always in the word of God, actually. It was interesting. And what was interesting about them is that they had some deep questions that they received even some false letters along the way that confused them. And what was interesting about those Thessalonians is that they found it necessary to reach out to the Apostle Paul and ask him to clarify some of these things. It was a deep struggle. The reason is, the church in those days was under great persecution. And it would be easy, it would be easy to wonder if you were living in the tribulation, if in fact you were living a very hard life. You see, people in pain, people in sorrow, you don't have to persuade them that something's wrong in their life. And so it would have been easy for them. It would have been easy for them to wonder, well, I wonder if the rapture happened and we missed it. I wonder if we're living in tribulation even at this moment. Notice what the Bible says in chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians, verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. These people were in pain. These people were in sorrow. These people had deep questions. And so it would make sense for them to wonder, well, I wonder if Jesus just kind of passed over us. I wonder, I wonder actually if we're living through tribulation now. But the point is, the rapture was never supposed to be a confusion. It was supposed to be a comfort. And yet in our day and age, and in their day, it is a confusion, and it need not be. It is supposed to be comforting. Amen. The gathering together unto our Lord should be a comfort to all of us. The Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. Then we which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be, ever be, with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I want you to know it's supposed to be comforting that the Lord is coming back. We're not supposed to dread this day if you're saved. 
We're not supposed to be uh, wondering, well, I wonder if this political event that's happening here, I wonder if this is a cue for this, or I wonder if, if this cultural phenomena that is happening, this. I wonder if this is actually part of tribulation. No, my friend, it is supposed to be a comfort to you that Jesus Christ is coming back. In fact, the Bible says we won't go through tribulation because the tribulation is a Jewish dispensation or the Jews are in view in tribulation. Notice how in 1 Corinthians 10, 32, the Bible refers to three groups. First to the Jews, the Gentile, and the church of God. You and I, if we are saved, we are the church of God. And I want to just briefly touch on this quickly because there's so much, there's so much uh, fodder out there that is, being, that is uh, confusing us and is making us confused about something we should be joyful about, that we will meet our Lord in the air, that we will gather unto him. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy to anoint the most holy. I just want to be very clear. If we can make a distinction between what is a Christian and what is a Jewish person, then we can begin to feel great comfort about, Jew, about Jesus coming back for us again. Amen. I'll give you a couple examples here just from this short verse here. Daniel 9 has tribulation in view. Daniel is the writer, and a, the Holy Spirit refers to thy people. Daniel is Jewish, and Christians are not Jewish. Number two, it is a holy earthly city. We don't have a holy earthly city. Our holy city is where? It's in heaven. And so the point is, they are bringing about this uh, great fulfillment in Daniel's holy city. Well, that would be Jerusalem, and ours is not there. The next is to finish the transgression. Well, when you got saved, weren't your transgressions finished? Weren't your transgressions forgiven? And yet sometimes it's like we desire to blur the line here or to make reconciliation for iniquity. Well, when you got saved, weren't your iniquities forgiven? Wasn't this, wasn't this the whole sum total of why Jesus Christ came to earth and died for us? It's because your iniquities are now forgiven. Well, what about this? To bring in everlasting righteousness. Well, don't you have everlasting life through Christ? Amen. I mean, this is the whole point of it. There is a difference between these two groups, and God has a certain purpose for both of them. I want to point out another detail. The Bible says that we'll be delivered from wrath in Romans 5.9, 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 1 Thessalonians 5.9. So I'm sorry to say, if you really want to go through tribulation and you're saved, you won't be able to. <laughs> you're like, man, I really want to go. <sighs> well, I'm sorry. If you're a Christian and you're saved here, you're going up with me, whether you like it or not. Amen. And you can pray our mansions aren't next to each other because my voice will sound like here, this here on earth and in heaven. This nasally. But isn't it strange how you talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ and people dread it? They just, they want their house in order. They're, they're not excited about it. They're not exciting to see the coming king, their bridegroom. It's, it's like our joy is taken away. Come on, there is great joy in gathering unto him. There is a great peace and man, it is a, the Bible refers to it as the marriage supper of the Lamb. It is a wonderful thing. It is a happy thing. And I don't know what you're going through, and I don't want to undercut your pain or your sorrow. But maybe a type of comfort for you will be, Jesus is coming for you. Amen. 
He's coming for me. And I don't know, I, I'm, I'm 38, and I'm, I'm nearing my 40th year. I'm not like that ex- like excited to leave, but I really would prefer heaven. What are you? It's not like our, our world is that great. But there are some great joys that we are missing out on because it, it is no longer a comfort to us. This idea of gathering. So today I would like for us to consider the answer to this question. How can gathering unto Christ be a comfort again? Well, number one, I want you to notice here something found in Acts chapter 17. Acts 17 verse 10 and 11 says this, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, keep that in mind, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews, these, the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. How can we enjoy, how can we look forward to and be comforted by the second coming of Jesus Christ as we gathered him? Number one, by a noble search of the scriptures, by a noble search of the scriptures. You know, there's something unique about these Bereans Number one, the Bible is telling you in no uncertain terms, they were a little bit more noble than this other church. Isn't that interesting that the Bible kind of classified that? Well, the question is why? Well, they were willingness, they had a willingness to receive the word of God with expectation, and they had a willingness to search the scriptures whether these things were so. In other words, when things happen, they would measure it by the Bible. They wouldn't let the experience or the event or the current event define what the Bible said. They would start here, and they would go to everything else. They would say, well, you know, that's interesting that this happened, but let's measure it by the Word of God. I don't know if you like putting things together. Uh, I mean, like if they come in a box, and you buy them from the store, and, uh, and then the manual comes. Inevitably, you know, I'll buy some toy or you know, something, and my, my son looks up to me as if I'm handy, and I'm certainly not, unfortunately. But I can read, um, but the thing is, I get bored of the manual. I mean, I, I don't know if you're like me, and, and, um, and I don't know if you've ever goofed up something you were supposed to build with your hands. I remember it, almost, it feels like yearly this happens where I'll mention to a friend who is more handy than I am, and I'll say, you know, I, I think I gotta goof this up, and they'll look at me, well, did you read the manual? I mean, did you read the manual? And they look at you with such condescension, my goodness, as if they read every manual. Have you read those things? They're in German and other languages. My goodness. Did you read the manual? And yet that's what the Lord expects of us. Did you read the manual? Well, look what's happening in our world. Well, did you read the manual? Did you read what it says in its context as it was originally given? Did you, did you look at what the words literally are saying. And so, in this life, how can we begin to not just dread or, or, or kind of think fondly about the Lord's second coming and our gathering unto him, but to experience this great comfort that God wants you to experience. Man, get in this book. Measure this life by this book. And it's not just like a casual read. It is like a noble search of the scriptures. It is like the Bereans who were a little bit more mature in their spiritual life than the church at Thessalonica. Amen. Isn't that interesting? They were noble. It's because they had a noble study process as they considered the scriptures. But how else can we, how else can we long for this day? By rejecting false letters. Amen. By rejecting false letters. My son, uh, uh, I came home one day, he's like, 
Dad, I, I wrote you a letter. I was like, oh. Can I see it, son? He's like, yeah. And it was a square. And uh, I was just like, wow, thank you. You know, there's no plagiarizing that. I don't know what the letter was supposed to say, but it was a square. It also had a line uh, to the right of the square. That was his letter to me. Well, I'm never throwing that away. Just want you to know, I'm the, the pack rat in the El Ribadi clan, unfortunately. But if somebody else comes alongside and, and their penmanship is just a little bit more precise than my son's crayon, and, um, and they'll say, well, this, Miles wrote this, and it's uh, beautiful block lettering, uh, maybe it's in cursive. You know, I'm going to doubt that my son wrote this thing. I'm going to doubt that there was, it had the natural earmarks of a letter, an authentic letter from my son. Did you know that the church of Thessalonica received a false letter? In fact, it was written in the name of the, of the name of the apostle Paul. The Bible says this in verse 2, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. In other words, they received this false letter and that precipitated this communication with the apostle Paul. They got very scared. They got very nervous. Well, maybe, maybe that we're, in, we're in for it. Maybe, maybe you get saved and and, and But boy, there's still a, a world of God's wrath on your hands. Maybe even though our sins are forgiven. I mean, can you imagine the confusion here? Maybe even though our sins were forgiven and, and, and the Bible says it pleased the Father to bruise him. Maybe though even Jesus' body became sin for us. Maybe for some reason that wasn't enough. Oh, come on, that doesn't even make sense. And sometimes we receive false things that are pushed off as authentic. Now, I don't know how to measure this. You know, I have, I'm not omniscient, of course. But we are living through probably the greatest proliferation of inauthentic doctrine that probably has ever existed. And the reason is, it can exist forever on the internet. And as we share things, as we watch videos, as we, as we consider uh, what another ministry might say or consider what this person says or this guru says or, or this person that's really into prophecy and what he says, can you see how all that confusion can really bubble to the surface and we can receive like a false letter from the Apostle Paul? Boy, that'll take away your comfort in a hurry. That'll take away your anticipation for Jesus Christ in a hurry. That'll, that'll make you not want, not want Jesus to come so soon. And yet we're supposed to long for it. In our time, the internet can be used for good and evil. And so let's just maybe be careful on this point. The point is, for us to long for and desire the comfort of Jesus returning, we should reject these false letters. We should reject these false epistles. I want you to see something else. How else can we desire the coming of our Lord and our gathering unto him by valuing the word over our experiences? Excuse me. Now, listen, I, I'm like you. Unfortunately, I watch the news. <laughs> and um, it's easy to start to connect the dots, so to speak. You hear about rolling fires in, Af in uh, California, uh, wars and rumors of wars, uh, pestilence even. Uh, you hear about some world leaders and you start to wonder, well, I wonder if this is the Antichrist. I wonder, and it's like, like, we were never really supposed to guess who the Antichrist was. We were supposed to anticipate Jesus. And if you ask most Christians, they're more into guessing who this wicked one will be rather than anticipating our Lord and Savior. 
I want you to consider something here that's found in chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, excuse me. The gathering of God's people and the hindering of, of Satan. Notice how the Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus means this promise. What he means by this is, as the church remains on earth, the church's presence, because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, is restricting the influence of Satan. Did you understand that? Uh, it took me a long time to kind of figure that out because I wondered, how are these two ideas gelling? But it kind of makes sense. God even says the same thing through the angels to Lot when he's about to destroy Sodom. He's like, I can't destroy this city until you leave this place. It is because the presence of just people, the presence of people with the, the Holy Spirit residing inside of them, it restricts the work, it restricts the influence of the devil himself. I might see uh, verse 7. The Bible says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. In other words, the spirit of Antichrist. Only he who now letteth will let. This word let here, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but this word let means to uh, hinder or to restrict. This he is the Holy Spirit that resides in the church. Until he be taken away. Well, that kind of makes sense because one day we'll be taken away. All right, so now take a look at this one last time. The Bible says this in verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So here's the order. One day, Jesus says through the Father, it's time. And the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us will carry us away to heaven. That Bible says, come up hither. It's exactly what that says. Then the influence of the devil will truly be known because the gates of hell are not supposed to prevail against the church. All right, now, it is at that point, the Bible says, then shall that wicked one be revealed. All right, so if you're dying to know who the Antichrist is, maybe you'll find out in heaven, maybe. I kind of doubt it. So the point is this. We can search the scriptures and study them in such a way that is a noble way. We can reject false letters. We can begin to value the word over the things that we see. In other words, it's easy to look at all these things that are happening in our world and letting the current event define the Bible, but it's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that the Word of God defines the things that we see. Because in the end, our doctrine is not informed by current events. It's informed by the Word of God. So what does the Apostle Paul says? He says, now we beseech you. He's like, man, I beg you. I beg you. Brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as the day of Christ is at hand. We should begin begging each other. Begging, the Bible says brethren, begging our brothers to really begin considering the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you remember church 20 years ago. Everything feels like a blur. Actually, since 2020, it feels like one big day, doesn't it? But I remember when I was in Sunday school 20 years ago, man, we really thought Jesus was coming. I always think, I think I was smarter as a kid because I had more faith. Don't laugh too hard at that. Because I think I had more faith back then. I think I had more of that childlike faith that you need. Man, I really thought Jesus was coming. And I really didn't think the year 2000 would happen before Jesus coming back. I really, I just didn't. 
I was like, he'll probably come back in 1999. It just seems to make sense. And the more messages you heard, there was always this spirit of uh, this eminent return of Jesus Christ. Like, it could be today. It could be at the end of this service. It could be at the end. And somewhere along the way, he didn't come back in the last 20 years. And, and somewhere along the way, you know, we began to espouse you know, other ideas. It's like, well, maybe this guy is right. And maybe, maybe there's some truth to this. And, you know, maybe, maybe he's not all wrong. You know, maybe, like, I mean, some of it could be right. And maybe some of it is, you know, you got to chew the meat and spit out the bones, of course. And, and, and all of a sudden, we began to lack in anticipation that Jesus was actually coming. Like, I don't know what you're going through. But do you know that Jesus is coming? Amen. I mean, like, Jesus is actually coming. And it's possible he could come today. Amen. And maybe he doesn't come for a thousand more years. But do you know that at any given time, he can come at any time. And I want you to understand, our gathering together will be glorious. Amen. It'll be a wonderful thing. It'll be wonderful to see our Lord face to face. In First John, uh, or Second John, excuse me, uh, the Bible talks about that our joy would be full as we see each other face to face. There's just something there's just something about being together. There's just something about sharing our thoughts with each other. It's like something about sharing our fellowship with each other. It's like something about one day we will look at our Lord in the eye. and We will be gathered unto him. Does that comfort you? Aren't you, aren't you like beginning to not care who's in office? Aren't you like beginning to not care as much? You're like, what are they going to do? What else are they going to do? I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not undercutting a Christian's involvement in salt and light work in this life. I'm not saying that at all, but come on. Doesn't it pale in comparison of seeing the king of kings? Doesn't it pale in comparison to one day being with the Lord where he will take your hurt away? where he will take that pain away, that thing that longs with all of us to see the great God, the great creator God, Jesus himself. Amen. So are you living in anticipation of the Lord's return? I want to echo the words of the Apostle Paul. I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, I beg you by this gathering, Sometimes it's kind of hard to talk about stuff like this because you never want to undercut someone's pain. But do you know you won't have to fear death anymore? Do you know the anticipation of Christ, it can motivate you to serve again. It can motivate you to tell others about Jesus Christ again. It can motivate you to serve in ministry again. It can motivate you because you will be rewarded with crowns from the Lord himself to give right back to him. And it can motivate you to comfort your soul from sometimes the emptiness that we experience in this life. Are you longing for his return? Is it a comfort to you? You may be sitting here, and, and man, you've never been to a Baptist church before, and you think we are crazy, and that's okay. That's okay. Are you saved today? Because only saved people go up in this rapture. Only Christians go up in this rapture. Only people that are born again will go up to meet the Lord. Only people who are 
redeemed the Bible way will go up to meet Jesus Christ. I just want to ask you, are you born again today? Being born again is quite simple. It is the understanding that sin is your problem, the wages of sin, that hell is the consequence, that sin must be paid, and that Jesus is the answer. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Call upon him in faith, believing on the resurrection for the redemption of your soul. My friend, you can be saved today, and you should be. And you should be. And I'm, I'm pleading with you, maybe not as my spiritual brother, but as my brother after the flesh. I want you to be saved. And for the rest of us, we're living in this peculiar time. We're living in this peculiar time where these events just seem to, to spurn behavior and to create great discord and contention between people and and uh, we're, we're living in a, a historic in, inflationary period. And, and all these things are true. And I understand that. But in the end, won't it be great when Jesus comes back for you? Amen. And we are gathered unto him. In closing, I want you to consider a verse about gathering. The Bible says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I'm not predicting the date of the rapture, but there is something in our bones that we are beginning to feel, that it just seems like some things are a little imbalanced. And the Bible says, as you see the day, in other words, the day of the Lord, as you see that day, why don't you consider coming to church just a little bit more so that you can begin to long and desire that great return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ.